Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Fashion Grunge Podcast. I'm Lauren. I'm Jai. Hey, today we're talking the new FX series, Pistol, about the Sex Pistols, which I'm sure everyone knows about and has probably seen online and everywhere. I haven't seen a crazy amount of promotion, I think as much as I thought I would. Oh, How really? about you? Have you seen a lot? I have because, uh, to be fair, like all the publications and everything that I follow for the most part is like London based. So like my my Instagram, for example, it's literally all like English publications and channels and, um, you know, like. That makes sense. Not actors per se, but yeah, like all my news are literally UK. (laughs) Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, I, there's so much press like about this show. Yeah. I remember, I think, when I heard it was going to happen, and I think I just didn't know when. I think I was like, oh, cool, they have one in development. Danny Boyle's going to do it, which I find so, I mean, obviously so cool. We all love Danny Boyle uh, over here. Um, So, yeah, it's great that all of them came out. They came out, I think, like two or three days ago on Hulu in the States, but apparently it's on Disney in Europe, which right. I find really weird. Well, I not weird their it's own. Because they don't have Hulu, and it's yeah. like a lot of the shows. When you think about what we have on Hulu in the US, like a lot of those shows are like family friendly, kind of. Um, so not this show. But I <laughs> but think. Have, oh, you mean what we have on Disney in the US? No, no, no. Okay, so Hulu in the UK is Disney, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you think about what we have here on Hulu, a lot of those shows, you can only watch them on Disney in the UK. And it's because they're like family friendly. Not this oh. show. But yeah, think about like what we have here on Hulu. We have like, I don't know. Um, I don't think of Hulu as family friendly. So wait, I'm like, I'm confused. I'm like... I think it... Yeah, Disney is is family friendly. The Disney Plus here is straight like there's nothing rated R on Disney at all. Um and Hulu is all rated R, like normal people's on Hulu. So it's I'm like, what? No, all the really yes. racy shits on Hulu. Lots of shows, but they they're also like a lot of other shows that are like for kids. Not kids, but like Oh, I guess I like just don't know. One year, I I know because I <laughs> I watch the one the year sometimes because see like my happy oh, show. Oh I see. Oh yeah, yeah, so, okay. I'm not saying all of it. I'm saying like a lot of the shows that we have here on Hulu, um, because they don't have it in the UK, they put them on Disney. So uh, oh, I see. That's okay, kind okay. of yeah. Cool. But not all of it, but um, this is a weird one. But at the same time, it I think that's just the the relationship that the networks have. So like something that's on Hulu here wouldn't be able they couldn't put it on another channel in in, in europe oh yeah totally yeah. pam and tommy was on disney plus too which i was like disney <laughs> like that's the craziest show i was like that's so weird that's on disney over there yeah it's really that's so, well yeah you guys don't have the same kind of sensors either like no. our senses are like <laughs> really different so i guess it's yeah it, it would be over there because it'd be like you know whatever so if someone wants to see it they can but yeah i mean this is cool i know we talked a bit about the Sex Pistols in the Punk Attitude documentary, like, a long time ago. We did, um, yeah. Yeah, like, they talked about uh, the Pistols. I think Johnny Rotten and I think Glenn Matlock, I think they were both in that documentary. Like, they're just talking about the punk scene and everything. But I personally did not know, I don't know too much about the origin of the Sex Pistols. Like, I know a little bit about, like, the sex shop and malcolm and vivian but i don't think i knew that like steve was the vocalist first 
Yeah. Don't think I knew that. So that's kind of cool that this is based on Steve Jones' memoir. Lonely Boy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Have you read that? I haven't. No, but yeah, I kind of wish I had read it before uh, watch the series, but I mean, it's fine. I think it'd be fine to watch it, to to read it later as well. Yeah. I'm curious now. Yeah. I Um, didn't know that either. I didn't know that he was not really the lead singer, but kind of sort of started the band you know yeah I didn't know I feel like I didn't know that either I I knew that like Sid came in late and I knew that Johnny Rotten came in late yeah but I think I just didn't know like how it all happened so this is it's pretty cool we're just talking the first episode because uh this is going to be on Patreon now but eventually we're going to put we're going to talk about the entire series it's just six episodes it's not like a crazy amount and then that will have on Patreon but this will probably have on you know we'll have a preview up on the feed at some point but yeah I mean this is this is cool. I like the kind of intro. I like the cast here. We have, um, oh wait, before the cast, this is directed by Danny Boyle, which we already said. This was written by Craig Pierce, which I find really cool because he is essentially Baz Luhrmann's writing partner. Right. So which- almost everything that Baz Luhrmann's done, he's written the screenplay for. Romeo and Juliet, Strictly Ballroom, the new Elvis movie. Um, so that is even more cool. <laughs> It is, yeah, it's super cool that he's involved um, in this project, which you can sort of see, actually, just by watching the first episode. Mm, Yeah, totally. Um, And for the cast, we have Toby Wallace is playing Steve Jones, Sidney Chandler is playing Chrissy Hind, Um, Anson Boone is John Lydon, who we just literally meet in the last, like, 30 seconds of this episode, so yeah. the next one, obviously, we'll see um, more of like how Johnny Rotten like came into the band. Uh, Tallulah Riley as Vivian Westwood, Maisie Williams as Jordan, Jacob Slater as Paul Cook, Thomas Brody Sangster as Malcolm McLaren, who I think is like really amazing casting. Oh, it's incredible! It's I incredible, love... right? <laughs> I'm sorry, but like Toby Wallace and Anson Boone are like insane as yeah, you know, like and Maisie Williams, obviously, which. Actually, because I watched the first five minutes of the next episode, and she makes an appearance then. But oh, nice! I was going to say some uh, people I haven't seen yet. Right, but it's. Inc- I mean, you can even see like on all the news that are out there on the show. Um, the first photos that you see, she's in those because the styling and everything is just amazing. Like it's so so good. Um, Louis, or I don't know if it's Louis Partridge, is Sid Vicious, who I've seen photos of, have not met him yet. I'm sure we'll probably meet him in the next episode. Um, he also looks great, like other photos that I've seen. Um, and then Christian Lees as Glad- Glenn Matlock. So some of these people we haven't really met yet, like as in the first episode, it's basically Steve Jones heavy. Um, yeah. And his oh, life sounds, and everything. Yeah. yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, so behind the scenes, there isn't too much, but the obvious one is that we'll hear the first stats. IMDb so far gives it a 7.4 out of 10. That's not bad because it's been out less than a week. It's not bad. I'm hoping to, to see that number go up. But... I hope, right? Um, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 53%. Audience gives it 47 Okay, so let me ask you, but I have a few more little things, but... Um, what is your you've been seeing kind of the consensus about the series uh what are you what have you been seeing around like the london publications are they all for it are there some people who are like against it i haven't really read them i i've seen the need like i see that it's um everyone's talking about it but i didn't want to read anything because i didn't want that to cloud my judgment on the show 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I'm actually not going to read anything about it until I- I'm done. Because I feel like sometimes I don't want to be influenced. You know what I mean? I don't. I want to just have, like, my own opinion on it and then see what everyone else is saying. But, I mean, I don't always do that, but I feel like with this one, I definitely want that. I did the opposite. Because, you do? Oh. Yes, because – well, for this one, I, I usually don't. But th- I did the opposite because I – kind of knew going in I was gonna like this and I was like this is gonna be really hard for me not to like like it would have to be really bad and I just don't think it's gonna be really bad so I was like I want to see what people said so I've this is American press now this isn't like UK press which I mean we can talk about when we do like the rest of the show like what people are saying going forward because you know more people are gonna watch it and it just look it just seems very lukewarm and I Mm. was just like and I felt like a lot of the people writing the different reviews i'm like you guys don't know anything about the pistols i feel like maybe Mm. you got this assignment or maybe you maybe watch some youtube videos on background but i feel like unless you've really kind of known about them like what do you not like about this right really get i'm not shocked about that and that's kind of what i expected because this is not a band that attracted the masses anyway and it's very specific type of music so like and they have a really bad rap so yeah it's not you know you're not making a show about the beatles or you know what Mm -hmm. i mean so i'm not shocked that, like a uh, beloved band. Yeah, yeah, they were really controversial. They were, um, the you know, their music was popular with, it, it was very niche. It wasn't, mm-hmm. especially in America, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely, because we had our own, like, you know, almost like the East Coast, West Coast of the hip-hop scene, but in the punk world in the 70s. Right. It was kind of like, who's cool? But still, punk was not, punk is... <sighs> was not as huge as in like other types of music, you know what I mean? It just oh, didn't no. attract it didn't appeal to the masses. So yeah, I, I'm not shocked about that at all. And I I think it's a little sad in a way, but I think that it's definitely gonna have like a cult following and there's so many people who are into the scene who loves like this music, who love the pistols, who loves Danny Boyle. Um, but yeah, I feel like even people who love the director are not automatically going to watch the show and be like, oh yeah, this is cool because I can't really um, connect with the story or the music. So kind of, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I totally, yeah, I can see that. It's different I, if it was about like, I don't know, different types I just, of music, I suppose. I can't wait until they do, like, I really, there's so many moments of the pistols that I really hope that they replicate. I'm sure they will. So I like, can't they, really, I really can't wait to see, like, the Grundy show. I hope they really do that justice. I'm sure they will. I mean, we taught, we did Sid and Nancy, I forgot. I think it's, like, episode, it's in the 80s somewhere um, on the podcast, um, which we said, like, that was kind of a weird movie. That kind of had, like, a a strange backstory and like kind of a lot of people didn't like it and some things weren't true and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people thought the performances were bad, but literally Gary Oldman was like the savior of the show of like yeah. the whole movie. Cause it was kind of like weird, <laughs> the movie. Um, so I think it's cool that they're doing it. I mean, there was really close when they did that. That was 86. So, I mean, it had just happened. That's like, what we loved it. Years. I remember talking about it being like, mm-hmm. it's really cool when they do, a documentary or a film about something that just happened versus waiting like 40 years, right? Yeah. This is a long time ago, you know? I can't wait for, I mean, it sounds really dumb because I know 
it kind of feels like selling out or, you know, whatever. But I just want, I want a story like this on like a nineties band. I think we already talked about guns and roses, obviously, but I kind of want something like, I don't know. I mean, I want a Nirvana thing. I'm waiting for something, a Nirvana thing. Mm. I feel like I know it's, it can be lame. I just want to, I just want like an interpretation, you know, I just, I don't know how they would do it. It'd be really cool if they just did kind of like the rise of the music and not really about Kurt. Like yes. it'd be cool if they showed, mm-hmm. you know, like them doing so well and going on all these tours and like that top of the pops moment, like all these kind of like big moments. And then like the Reading Festival and like all these kind of like Nirvana stage things where they like did these amazing performances. That would be cool. I don't necessarily want to see like a devolve into like Kurt's, you know, demise. Mm-hmm. Like I don't really want that, but it'd be cool if they did like a grunge series <laughs> and they had like all these different bands and how they like, you know, ran into each other over the years. Like I think that that would be cool, which I don't know what, maybe like another ten years. I maybe see that. I, I do honestly it. do see that happening. I do. Yeah. I mean yeah. it it relates I mean it's one thing to do a biopic. I know we always talk about everything's been remade and there are no original stories, but at least these are things that you can kind of connect to and they have music that you can kind of connect to. So I think that, you know, the soundtrack, obviously, they got to use the Pistols music, which is really interesting. It is. I mean, I think the thing is, just like you, I was really excited about this show because it's Danny Boyle, because Mm -hmm. it's based on Steve Jones' uh, memoir. So it's not like Danny Boyle doing his own research and just coming up with stories that he's heard of, or you know what I mean? Like, this is like the like their story yeah. by, by a member of the band. So I love that, and I don't care that uh, Johnny Rotten isn't happy with it because of course he isn't. He would never be happy, right? Mm-hmm. But I I think it's pretty cool that the story is told from Steve Jones' point of view. I think it yeah. is cool. Yeah, I, I do like that because I don't know much about Steve Jones because we literally know about Sid Vicious and Johnny Rotten. I feel right, like right, they kind of took exactly. Yeah, um, I think it's cool. I think it's. I also love the way that it's shot. I mean, the only bits I have for behind the scenes are that this is his second series for FX, um, and the first one was Trust, which as I mentioned before is actually really cool. And in May of twenty one is when John Lydon said that he was like said that he was approached about this uh, series happening. He wasn't happy. I mean, if you know anything about Johnny Rotten, you can just literally Google it in YouTube and and just see all these (laughs) interviews. Like, you know, he's kind of the same person that he always was. You know, it's not... He is. He has not changed. Yeah, right? He's the same kind of guy. So you can kind of see why he would be like, no. But I feel like a lot of band members would probably not want a story told about their band. You know, it just... I can, I get it. I mean, I get how they don't want it, but I mean, in some ways, and we just watched this, uh, this interview that he did with good morning Britain, like rather recently, like about this. And he was saying, you know, they kept this from me and, you know, Steve and Glenn like signed this paper saying that like, you know, I could, they could use the rights and use our likeness, but like I was kept in the dark about it. Then my publishing tried to sue me and just like a whole, just like a whole runaround and he was just like this sucks and like i guess danny boyle contacted him too and he was like yeah they already had a director and they already had this on board and like they didn't even care and i was like oh goodness yeah and i actually did hear about the lawsuit but i kind of read the headline and i was like okay 
obviously this is about the show, which is not a surprise to me, but I don't want to read it because, again, it's not information that I don't already know. Like, he obviously wasn't, he didn't agree to this, and that's what's happening. I don't really care what he has to say, you know, because at the end of the day, I want to see a story about them, I and, yeah, I want to hear all the stories that happened, you know, like, yes, you don't same. know about. So, and an interpretation. Yeah. by a dope director I mean of all th- and even the guy who you know the presenter who's doing uh, the interviewer was doing the interview with um with Johnny Rotten he, he was really excited to see yeah. it yeah he was like Danny Boyle he's like why would you you know I, people think of like who else could tell a story of the pistols but Danny Boyle you know exactly. so like that would be cool and it, it actually is just the way it's shot I love the kind of like oh my god it's a it's a filter that they put on the camera like a it's, it's a certain kind of filter it's a it's like a pro mist filter but they have different grades so like when you have it on a super high grade because I just recently got one for my camera um like well before the pandemic like a year ago or two years ago and it like creates this mist but you can get yeah. like a really, really, really like deep one or really strong one. So I love that when you see him outside and it also adds to like the fogginess of England and you kind of see that. It's so I love cool. It. Yeah. Just like you, I love that cinematography. Like I love the way uh, things are framed, which isn't, again, is expected from Danny Boyle, right? That's just mm-hmm. his style. Uh, it's never going to be like a boring, just straight kind of sort of framing or anything like that. Um, and I have to say, I'm just so obsessed with all the 70s footage of London. I know. Like, the, so I mean, cool. of course, he, he had to be Danny Boyle. He did, I mean, I've only seen one episode, but he did such an amazing job with finding all all those clips from anything like entertainment to, like, the Queen to um, news, to, like, footage of what was happening across England because he was a very kind of dark time austere time in the uk you know um it seems like it's very also do you think it came at the same time that there was a jubilee in their situation and there's also a jubilee now like it's the platinum jubilee like this weekend well, i think that's what they did it i think that they yeah that it came out now that was definitely like a pr move you know to mm-hmm. to have the uh to release it like just before the weekend you know yeah, I mean it's it's really interesting too it's that they're cool. doing that. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, so of course, uh, there's also a Vogue article up now with uh, Liza Bracy, who is the costume designer for the show. So the, check that out. I'll leave a link in the the Patreon. I did um, read that. That did is you read it? Red. Because, yeah, because it's about fashion. It's so. about the fashion. Yeah, and I wanted to know how the hell did you get these costumes? You know. Um, I mean, it's so cool. Like it's so cool. It like, is really really cool. I have to say. So okay, so let's start in on the story. So we open up with uh, this. Um, I just wrote. I love this intro of like David Bowie and seventies England. Me too. What a brilliant opening with him on that song that I love so much. Ugh. So it's so good. And I'm assuming a lot of this is is a lot of this is true. This is why we're both kind of excited. I really want to read this this memoir now because I'm like, did Steve really steal? Yeah, no, that did happen. Oh my gosh. Wow, yeah. that is actually really crazy. So he did um he did steal the mic he did actually steal a lot of things like growing up he used to do that and even cars he used to like make 
cars and stuff. So all yeah, of that you is, see. Which is true. Yeah, which or which they show in the beginning, which I really and like. And David Bowie actually found out that it was him. He like when they were a bit bigger, like known in in England, um, he actually called David Bowie and told him. And apparently he just find it kind of funny and laugh. Oh no way. Oh yeah. my god. That's so funny. Yeah. That's so cool. I thought that was so rad. I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. And then I think it's Wally Nightingale who originally was on guitar in the band because Steve Jones was vocals, who later became the guitarist. Yeah, but, which is crazy. Yeah, I, sing. I, I mean, he, I like his voice. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I honestly didn't know that, so I was really surprised by that. So then, like, Wally's dad gives him this cool space because he's like doing electricity for the building. So it's like this big old abandoned or like renovated warehouse, warehouse. so yeah. they can play there. And I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. So you kind of find out really early that Steve has a really tumultuous home life, and that he's kind of sort of like on his own. When it comes to like, well, his mom is a new boyfriend. I think he's like a stepdad or something like that. So he has like kind of like you know he kind of like hangs out in the streets. So he's right. not really like yeah has the same kind of home life as some of the others, which is really interesting. Um, so then it's really cool. We get the T Rex song uh, "Bang a Gong." Amazing music in this that is not all the Sex Pistols. I know they have Pink Floyd in that episode at the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good! And obviously David Bowie. And oh, what does they have? That's like really amazing. Have like, Sly and the Family Stone. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it was in there. I think there's another. There's like one or there are one or two other ones. I'll make a list of like every single episode. I'm sure someone's gotten. Like, I'm sure every someone is on like a yeah. freaking playlist already. But oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'm there sure. will be. Um, so we get into this the sex shop on is it Kings Road? Is that where it yeah, is? Yeah, it's on Kings Road. What's there now? What is in that exact space now? Is it just not not the same or uh do you know? I, I think it used to be let me I'm gonna look this up because a few years like not that store, but one of her her stores was still there, but not the same one. Um, oh, I should have looked this up before. That's okay. Anyway, you can talk about something else. While I check. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, well, I mean, first of all, we see that Steve knows about this shop. The shop is called Sex. And this is Vivian Westwood's shop where she kind of first started selling her clothes. Did they, like, thrift some things, too? Or was everything in their original? No. Yeah, so that I know really well because I'm a Vivian Westwood. Yeah, you're a Vivian. Fan. So, yeah, no, the story isn't there anymore. Um, oh, it's not. Yeah, okay. Sense, because that area is, I mean, of course it wouldn't. I mean, I actually thought maybe he still, she still has, like, at one of her stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's sadly not there anymore. King's Road is totally changed from 70s. So, like, that is a really fancy area, super wealthy. Everything there is just really polished and pretty and perfect um yeah it's west london so yeah oh okay yeah yeah so no she actually did make everything so vivian westwood is actually self-thought she never learned she didn't go to school for for fashion she was actually quite not old but she was older when she got into that she just kind of like learn and she was just doing stuff and um malcolm mcclair was her boyfriend they never mm-hmm. actually got married, uh, but he kind of supported her because she didn't really have money. So he kind of um, facilitated for her to do this. You know, he paid for 
for the place and all of that. And they so kind of partnered up. What's his but, background? Do you know, like, did he come from money? Like, how did he have the money? So to? I don't know if he came her. from money, but my, my, th- my, um, my opinion is that he did because he actually went to an art school or many oh. art schools and he's known for like being an investor and stuff like that. So I feel like he already had money to begin with. So maybe he didn't, maybe, he, I mean, I'm saying that he came from a lot of money, but he must have definitely had some because you don't just go to art school and then, you know, yeah. make you as an investor and he had money to, to work with Vivian. And like, even though it was, different back then you still like money to pay for the rent for the store and materials and everything but but yeah vivian basically made it made everything nothing was really customized i mean she will get t-shirts but maybe get t-shirts but she will do all the work on on it like with beads or uh, pins and studs and stuff like that or printing um and then all the other pieces she made herself yeah she learned she she's like a tailor so yeah, that was the story Ooh. of the sixth. Oh, wait. So, okay. I was just reading a Wikipedia article about Malcolm McLaren. So, it says that his family moved to a North London suburb, Hendon. What is that like? Yeah, Hendon is um, like outside London. It's, is, it, is it really nice? It's Some parts are nice, but, you know, some parts. I don't know what part exactly. Um, he definitely had. Well, it says here that his dad, he's from uh scotland like his parents were it's a scottish extraction who at the time was serving the royal engineers his dad and his mom emily isaacs the daughter of the tailor mick isaacs and the independently wealthy rose Carey isaacs whose father had been a portuguese sephardic jewish diamond dealer oh okay well that's what so, i said oh i get yeah i was gonna say so yeah he had yeah a little bit of like a nest egg, it makes sense I because i feel like not many at least in my experience, people that go to art school um, back then, because you can't really make a living, you know, even, even now, now like can. even yeah, now, exactly. say, it's really yeah. hard. So it's kind of like only like really wealthy people can afford to do that. And then, you know, sometimes they have money to set up their own shows and stuff, but. I know. mean, he seemed like, I mean, he died in 2010. He died like quite a I bit know. ago. Really yeah, sad. I know. Um, he seemed so, like, he seemed so cool in the way that, like, um, you know, he was just like about just like recognizing someone had this really cool talent and just being like, I just want to like, you know, everyone to know about you. And I just want right. to be a disruptor. I know. <clears throat> and it actually kind of makes sense because like, if you think about his art, background right he wasn't an artist himself but he was really into culture and art mm-hmm. and and i it makes sense totally makes sense that like he supported vivian because she was super talented and it was like fashion but then he loved music himself too so like he it totally makes sense he uh, wanted to build this band sort of thing and be part of like a movement you know he was always like collaborating and working on different things and at the time he had already worked with the new york dolls so yeah he already had like a you know, it's like so cool it's so funny when, when she ben, says ben is talking about it well you should have not put them in like chinese um like red like, like communist, communist red. You press them all up. <laughs> 
he was like, well, I was trying to be subversive. And she's like, yeah, but that just, like, did not work. Like, I, I think he was like, whatever. They had their heads up their own asses anyway. <laughs> like, I could never well, that get was them. really funny. <laughs> I could never get them. First of all, I have to say, uh, Thomas Brody Sangster as Malcolm McLaren is, like, eerie. It's, it's the same person. It's the same person. If you see photos of him when he was to. younger, it really looked like him as well. Mm-hmm. He's so cute. I always think of him as that boy from Love Actually. Me too. It's sad, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Like, I still yeah. think he's a little young person. Yeah. He was in Bohemian Rhapsody? Wasn't he in Bohemian he Rhapsody? He was, but yeah, I don't really. Yeah, I don't remember. Is he in who it? He played. Yeah, yeah, he's seen it. Oh, okay. Like, was he in it a lot? I don't remember. Yeah. I still have to see that. That's still on my list if, to watch. If you come over, we'll watch it. I keep saying that, but I that's right. Yeah, I will watch that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know if anyone's following our Top Gun report, but Top Gun is just not for me. And I've even Charles saw it this weekend, and he was like, "It was great." I was it like, was "Yeah, great. I've heard, I've heard great things." Maybe about I need it. to yeah. talk to him about this. At least I have someone to like. Yeah, yeah, talk about. to Charles about it. Yeah, try to get you into it, but you're like, no. I don't think so. I I have a fear of flying, so it. It really puts me off yeah, anything with planes. Yeah, okay. I just I'm not interested, especially a fast plane that like would make me even more like scared. I was like, God, if I saw this in the theater, I I probably would have like a panic attack. <laughs> just like, yeah, I don't like flying at all. Um, but yeah, so it's cool though. Okay, so Steve goes into the sex shop and he's like looking around and he's like stealing something and he's like. And then we also meet Chrissy, who I was like, is this Chrissy Hine? Oh my God, it is. Pretenders. Cool. I love her. Mm -hmm. I love her voice, too. I know. Yeah. She's a super rad voice. She's one of the cool, like, I feel like I wish I could have been her, like the cool American girl who, like, somehow made it under the wire. (laughs) I know. Nobody, like, rags on you for being American. Like, being in the right place at the right time. You know what I mean? I just literally, like, I'm thinking, I was like, this girl literally doesn't realize that she's working in this place and she's about to be part of this huge movement and, like, music scene and everything in England, you know? Mm-hmm. pretty cool and it's cool how they like so uh vivin and malcolm come and they see that steve's trying to steal something and like in this moment they're just like who are you like what are you doing like he's like oh i have a band and we're gonna be huge and we're gonna like fuck shit up and we're called the swankers they're like the wankers oh, what, what? <laughs> it's like no we're edgy they're like i don't know about that name (laughs) yeah i don't know about that name but we'll see and it's cool that malcolm's like okay so you don't have and viv is like you know you don't have to steal anything like you're super cool malcolm is like you know you're the kind of guy that like is a disruptor you know like you're like you're the kind of person i need to kind of like start this revolution so i kind of want to back you and your band and like i kind of want like you can hang out here like, I want this to be kind of, like, this cool space where people can hang out and, like, talk about cool shit. And, like, and I love that she's, like, why did you steal these pants? Like, what's the big deal? And he's, like, well, they're cool. Like, they look normal, like, up here. But then they're, like, bondage, like a mental patient. Like, I love it's that. so yeah. cool. It's normal, but then it's not normal. And that's kind of like us. Yeah. And she's Personality like, really comes through there. I think they just, they could tell, you know. And it's a real. It's actually really cool that it, this is being told from the perspective of not Sid and Nancy, which is probably like exactly. one of the things that people know about the band. Well, Maybe even more than the music at this point. Yeah, 
I feel like, you know, the, you have like the OG, like Kurt and Courtney, like they were kind of like, they kind of put them in that Sid and Nancy box, like the media and everything. Well, yeah, exactly. This is why I'm, I'm enjoying the show. Even though I want to see an episode and a half, but yeah, it's cool that it's told from a completely different perspective. So yeah, it's like an, it's a new perspective. I also have to say that, you know, how we were saying that, John Lydon doesn't agree with this and we're like, okay with watching it because it's a story about a band. It's not a story of like, a, I mean, the trauma of Sid and Nancy's death is traumatic, but, but the story of just like the, you know, start of the band isn't traumatic. It's interesting for people who are fans of the show. Now this is in different, or this is very different than the Pam and Tommy series, which I watched. And I have to say that I somewhat <laughs> like, I was watching it for the nostalgia of it, but then as I got into the show and was like listening to more people talk about it. That one was very different in that they did not approve of it because that was a more traumatic incident that happened. So now I feel like that show should not have been made like, because it was an exploitative thing that happened and it kind of really Mm -hmm. ruined Pam and ruined her. Like, and, and the marriage was very toxic, which they showed none of. Oh, which I was really? yeah yeah you didn't see it it's not really worth your time honestly well, no but, I don't I never want to watch it but um, I did I did think that was kind of shitty that they basically a show about um what happened to her which is just really unfair you know what I mean it's, they tried to mask it as like there's a girl who did the direct I think she directed like one or two of the episodes she's an actress but I think she's directing now and she did an article with the face talking about like no it wasn't an affront to Pam like we felt like this really set her story straight I was like by having a girl who looks nothing like her dressed up in prosthetics and parading around and like trying to make her seem human but you made her sound like a blow-up doll like you made her sound like how everyone perceived her and the fact that Pam was not involved and she was like I don't want to relive this now people are going to look up the sex tape again and Tommy Mm. essentially is like unscathed you know he's like remarried and did whatever the hell else and there were like so many traumatic things that happened with like the children and him going to jail I mean and they showed none of that it was all just the tape. And I was like, it's way more than the tape. This is not like an aspirational um, like marriage. Like and a lot of people were posting all these like, you know, these photos like, oh, they were so cool. They were the original, like someone posted like the original, like, you know, alt boy, like this trend in Hollywood that's going on now. These like tall, skinny boys with these girls. And like, they were kind of saying like they were the OG. And I'm like, that was a toxic, abusive relationship, which you should not be exalting. Like he was really fucked up to her and and i guess one of the actors that was in that was having dinner with tommy and i was like yeah he obviously probably doesn't mind the show because he doesn't Mm. come off looking like what happened yeah Mm -hmm. so this is different which in the way that john lydon kind of was talking about it recently kind of made it seem like there was this big trauma surrounding it i was like this is the start of your band dude like what happened this isn't that crazy i mean i don't really get why you would be so against it well yeah, I see why he's against it. It's just his personality, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I about make someone making, especially big corporations like Disney, and you know, happened, making a lot of money on, on story about him. You know, that's what happened. I mean, honestly, that is. I mean, I don't want to say, like, it's not, like, a that's what you get thing, but, like, when you open yourself up to the public... Exactly. It this, comes with it. Exactly. This can, this can happen. It may happen. It may not happen the way you want, but this is, like, a... Yeah, this is one of the side effects of fame. 
that people right. want to see other people, you know. Interact. I also wonder if it was like, if the project had been actually about a story from his like point of view, right? If he had been brought into the writing room and be like, we want to write, like we want to make a show about you, that mm-hmm. you know, tell the stories about the band, whatever. I think, I wonder if he had been like if he had had a different reaction, but because he's not, he's not the star in the show in, in that sense. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's based on, on Steve Jones memoir. So I wonder if there's a little bit of arrogance there that, you know, he's going to be part of it. I mean, like he, he is, is a he mouthpiece, is. you know what I mean? He was the mouthpiece of the band. Right. Basically. So I feel like he's going to be in, I mean, he's going to be in the show. He's I don't gonna know. Be I mean, vocal. I think he does really make any sense at this point. No, no. Yeah. He's like but... a complete fucking weirdo. Um, okay. So then we get, uh, so he's like, he's like, yeah, just hang out at the shop and you know, like, it'll be really cool. So, and then uh, Viv is like, don't ever steal from me again. If you want to wear clothes on stage, just ask. And I was like, damn, if only, <laughs> Like this, this has like, to be too. Like I so know cool. this is literally like, um, basically like collaborations and like super cool that that was happening. You know, like mm-hmm. cause I don't really think that was a thing at that time. No, like, when like brands or designers would like loan like artists or like dress people, that was like really early on. Like, you know what I mean? It's really well- now, but not then. I love how they're like, we got to come up with an aesthetic for the band. Like, how about like skinny? How about like suits, black suits with skinny <laughs> tires? Like, what? Like the Beatles? Like, no. no. <laughs> and I no think there was like a then? really cool sweater. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, no suits? No, definitely not. It's not like 80. They were like trying to pull that 80s move before it happened. That like Robert Palmer, like totally, you know, 80s yeah. kind of shit before it happened. I'm glad that they were like, no. And there was a, I think I showed you a photo recently and it was like a Marnie sweater. Yeah, and I was like, we, we or it was like a sweater that looked like a Marnie sweater. It was a and TikTok like, video we were watching. It was a TikTok, yeah. And someone's on the street and I was like, I love that sweater. And they're like, that's Marnie. And then in the in my head, I was like, oh, that's Johnny Rotten. He wore the best fucking like oh, yeah. hair fuzzy I mean- sweaters. Literally, oh, he was he he started that trend because think about like yeah. how many we had like we Alexander McQueen did some back in like early two thousands like everyone started doing those sort of mohair striped sweaters you know mm-hmm. like red and black pink and white like the black and yellow, white one on that yellow was really big in like the seventies like punk scene a lot of stripes and the plaid the plaid yeah, too that, like. I mean, it's everything just, is just super cool. Like, what an amazing, like, marriage like, in fashion and mm-hmm. music, you know, Vivian Westwood and and the Sex Pistols, like. I know. Can you think of any other designer that's had that much of an impact on a musician, like a band, like a music No, I think about I it can. all the time. No, no, I, yeah, I I'm not even kidding. I, this is something I often think about. I can't come up with anyone. Like, this is also the first ones to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so unique what they were doing at that time. And it was, like, out of – and the thing that's so cool is that it was totally organic. Like, this was out of nowhere. This wasn't – I mean, it was kind of, like, organic, but then it ended up turning into, like, wait a minute, we have to really think about the look of the band. We have mm-hmm. to think about aesthetic. And and it wasn't done in – in kind of now it seems like it's done in a fake way, 
It's like, this is what you're going to wear. Like, you're going to wear this. Who cares if that's what your style is? They, like, definitely married the two. It's like, all right, well, what do you guys want? Well, let's try to, like, refine this and make you guys all look cohesive and look great as a band. And you're playing this, like, subversive music. And yeah. it's just, yeah. I mean, they it's definitely, just so great. They both, like, they inspired each other for sure, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the band, uh, Steve tells the band, like, yo, I found the shop. They're going to let us wear the clothes on stage. And they're like, huh? Like, what do you mean <laughs> some guy is letting you hang out at his shop? Like, this all seems very weird. Like, are you sure? And I think he event- he thought that, like, Malcolm wanted to fuck him. He's like, uh, what do you mean? Like, what do you want for this? Like, why are you doing this for me? And he's like, I don't want to fuck you. I want you to fuck the world. <laughs> like, I love that. <laughs> It was so cool. So, of course, the band is, like, super weirded out. And then I love how they mentioned that he's, like, I'm not gay, but one time I paid this guy to, like, suck me off on a train when I was, like, 14 or, like, 13 or something. I know. I was, like, oh, good. Yeah, because he was a sex addict. Oh, Steve Jones? Yeah. Oh, see, I don't know much about him. This is why I'm, like, this cool. I'm kind of finding a little bit about him. Yeah, like, he was definitely a sex addict, so... um, I, I, he has no reason to make up stories like this. You know what I mean? Like no. he, he come from a really fucked up. Um, his stepdad was that his stepdad like, that molested? Yeah, but he was around since he was young. He, he just wasn't his father. Oh, but, okay, yeah. Because that's I, why I, you I, see the videos where he's like, oh, well, oh. the scenes where he's like seven or eight, and he's already in his life in like doing mm-hmm. really poorly. I mean, it's just. And he freaking abused him. I mean, that's yeah. Not- I mean, oh my god! Ugh. Like that was really gross. Like I that know. was just like such a gross thing. I, one of my other favorite scenes too is when Steve, like after he tells the band about uh, Malcolm and Viv and the sex shop and everything, he like goes to a gay bar. It must be like yeah. a drag bar. It's like a drag show. Um, and well, it's a gay. Yeah, they they actually wear co- they're just gay bars, but this is how they wear. They- like they're so in cool. Soho, like Madame Jojo's and stuff, places like that. Yeah, he was just like drunk, like hanging out, like saying hey to everybody, like coming out off the street. I thought that was super cool. Which I love that they actually did spend time. They hung out in gay bars because they felt that they could just again they were they weren't with like the average person. They felt quite free, like they could just be themselves, which is really mm-hmm. cool. You know that even though they were very different, they had this in common you know like they consider themselves like outsiders in that in that way do you know what i would love a series i would love to just sit with danny boyle and be like okay look this is the next one you have to you do should interview him oh my god i don't even this is the thing i okay so i did my first interview ever with someone for the podcast which will be up soon um but yeah i mean i'll get used to it when i start talking to more people i don't know what i would ask like there are a bunch of people that i want to talk to i want to talk to larry clark kind of sorta i mean i met him in passing and it was like very strange because i don't the thing is is like i idolize a lot of people but i just don't, don't know what i would say to them in real life because i'm I mean, if I'm put on the spot, yeah. I guess if I had time to think about it and I had an actual, like, time and date that I knew I was talking about. It doesn't have to be crazy. It literally could be, like, five minutes. favorite films? (laughs) What are you, like, doing on the weekends? What, like, you know, it doesn't have to be... I mean, yeah, I guess so. It could be literally, like, just a chat, like, about what they're like and, you know, who are they listening to at the moment or what shows are you watching? Um, You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. And I guess, like, yeah, I kind of want to... pressure on, like, the kind of questions that you would ask, which obviously... You should think about it, but you totally could. 
Because... I mean, yeah, I know I could. That that'll be a that'll be a goal of of, of mine, and like my long term goal is to like talk to Danny Boyle and talk to like and you know talk to like directors and stuff that I like, and I kind of really want to know too, like what's one thing that they would change about the movies that they've made, like mm, that people like what's one thing he would change about Train Spotting, like right. you have to change one thing, and it has to be no, but you have to, okay. like if you had to, I wonder if there's like one scene that he's like, well, there was supposed to be this happening and this, but we couldn't do it, but if I could do it, I would have loved to be able to do that, you know, like it, there's got to be one thing that they tried to do that they couldn't do, and they had to end up like doing something else or figuring out another way but i've always wanted to know like if there's one thing that people think that are iconic that they're like i actually don't like that scene and like everybody mm -hmm. loves it you know like that'd be really interesting to find out but i want danny boyle to do or someone but i just can't think of anyone i can't think of an american counter counterpart to danny boyle like a director that does these very like super vivid um well i mean it's not the same but i can only think of your boy um rocky yeah i mean it's different but rocky's a bit more fantasy that's the only thing he kind of lives in that like sure. things that don't really happen like <laughs> things that happen but they're also things that you're like huh like you're <laughs> like what but i feel like as far like danny boyle just feels very like vivid documentary right like, it's real but it's just like a heightened version of this mm. real world you know i would love for him to do or someone to do uh, exploration of REM and Black Flag would tour behind each other for in the 80s. And a lot of places they would play were gay bars and pizza places and like bowling alleys, place that, places that a lot of venues wouldn't take the chance on because they thought Black Flag was really scary and they were yeah. going to bring this like horrible like oh uh, type of people. And they would tour like back and forth behind each other for years. So like Henry Rollins and Michael Stipe are like, you know, kind of connected in that way. And there's a really cool documentary where they kind of talk about it. And I would just love a, a whole like a thing about a band in a van touring. Like even Guns N' Roses has a really awesome story. Yeah. They were touring in a van. But of course, Guns N' Roses again, someone fucking make this. If you've made the pistols, you can make Guns N' Roses. Like how how are we still here? I want to know. Someone holding this up. Axel, <laughs> like slash with it. We need some cool American director, like yeah, even honest, a new one. I can't one. imagine it will appeal to to an English one. I don't know, cause no, I don't think so. I, I think, think we need an American. I think we need someone who is even in like Southern California. Basically, you know what I mean? Yeah, like we totally need that. But God, yeah, I feel like that would be just like the best. That would be like just the ultimate. Um, okay, so Chrissy, we see in the shop. I didn't make crazy amounts of fashion notes because i think i was watching the story so when we go back oh, and, and do the season i'll i'll make sure to like we uh, will different we'll notes. talk about yeah. the costume designer and the fashion because i mean the fashion is like a key in this key. in this show you know it's mm -hmm. amazing just watching the trailer it's like gosh i know, know. i gotta post the trailer on uh, instagram and tiktok oh, um, yeah. just to see what people will say i also just love that people on tiktok are wild those comments are wild sometimes. Oh yeah. Um they are. But Chrissy, I have an outfit here. She when she sees Steve at the shop, I think he's in there and she or either she's in there and he comes in and she's like, she's My boyfriend's there, coming. Yeah. Yeah. So my boyfriend's coming and she has this amazing coat. And it's almost like this. It's, it's like patterned leather. Sorry, it's yeah. it's patterned, it's definitely shiny, but it's striped. 
mm-hmm. and it has this col- this sort of red uh, binding all around it. So fucking cool. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I literally stared at the clothes. Like, that freaking latex number that she had. <sighs> I know. I mean, not to mention she has an amazing figure, but that number was incredible. And then she has this pink T-shirt with this skirt when they're, like, making out. Ugh. I love that he tells her about how he's, like, forgotten. Like, that he's, like, a forgotten child. Like, that Steve kind of lives in this other world because his parents are, like, super fucked and they don't care about him. And he just kind of, you know, like, steals cars and, like, steals things from shops and just does whatever. Mm -hmm. And I love that he mentions his, like, invisibility cloak. That he just, like, kind of goes into shops because nobody sees him. He's, like, this kind of invisible person, almost, because he's just, you know, under the radar, I guess. I like how it was the invisibility cloak. I think that was really cool. Like, yeah, that was, that was cool. really cool. Yeah, I like that. really that's the nice name. way of, like, a really good interpretation, like, visually, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it was like Harry Potter. <laughs> so I was like invisibility cloak I love that each uh, episode is like track like track one like this episode's track one the cloak of invisibility that's like I cool. think yeah. that's really cool that, they're, that way that they're naming the episodes so then we get like so he, she's like hooking up with uh, Steve at this point because he's like hey it's the last time I'll ask you to suck my dick before I get super famous she's like no thanks and and then like you know m- further on they're like talking and stuff and then they're like hooking up and her uh He's like, who is he? He's a real person, right? I mean, they're all real people. Nick, I forgot his last name. Yeah, Nick. Um, oh, oh my God, I know. They can't. Nick can't. Can't. Okay, yeah. So he's from what publication? Is he like NME? He's a journalist. Whoa. Oh, okay. So we don't know where. But yeah, so he's like, everybody, like people know him and stuff. And she, and he was like, oh, that's who you're dating, blah, blah, blah. So he comes in and of course, like breaks them up and kind of like, and I wrote at that moment, she looks so much like Shannon Doherty. I don't know like, who that is. Uh, Brenda from uh, 90210. Oh. Uh, With the bangs. I know what you like, mean. She does right have that she, round, cute face, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right when he walked in, there was a moment where she looked just like... It wasn't the whole time, but I was like, oh, my God, she looks like Brenda from 90210. That's so weird. Um, so then, of course, Steve gets arrested eventually because he's stolen the skier um, <laughs> from Bowie and all this other kind of shit, the car and all this other kind of shit. Well, no, so, I don't think he was because of that. I think he was trying to steal somebody else's, like another musician's um, equipment. Oh, was it? Yeah. Wasn't the guy who caught him? That guy, remember the guy in the beginning who's like chasing him out? Right, but it, I think it was, but he wasn't, he didn't go to jail because of that. I think it was. Oh, maybe, I guess, because he had already stolen Bowie's equipment, but it's because he got caught the second time. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're But it was at a different venue, different band. I can't remember the band, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, what was that band? They did mention it, but I I can't remember. Yeah, Yeah, well, we're going to do the whole season, and I'm going to rewatch track one again and and just, like, you know, go straight through. But, um, But they, Malcolm gets him out. So that's why I was like, he's got to have some pull. Or, like, some money or something. No. The fact that he went in and, like, you know, kind also, of spoke for him. He's very well-spoken, like, mm-hmm. very, like, knowledgeable. Like, he educated, so he knew exactly, like, what to say and do, you know? And, like, was the character witness, essentially, like, I'm helping him out. He's in a band. Like, you know, he's going to be a, like, you know, functioning member of society. He's not going to be crazy. And then, so he tells the band, like, yo, we've got to do this big show. 
and Malcolm might manage us. Like, I think he's kind of saying like, yo, you should manage us, but it's not like a hundred percent. And he's like, come on, you know, you've got to like, we got to do this big show. And then he goes and like, does the show they're playing. And he's like completely freezes when he's he gets- having like, what you call now panic attack, but mm-hmm. they didn't know. That no. And he's just like so crazy and he's just like, oh my God, like this is so, you know, like he just kind of flashes back and that's when we see like when he was molested, yeah. um, when he was young. And then we see when like his mom, I think, lost the baby and the stepdad was like, she's losing the baby because of you. And now we're going to be stuck with you and like the good baby. I was like, oh my oh, God. so sad. Was so, so sad. Awful. And, and then, yeah. And now he just kind of like, he just completely blanks. And then we get the Pink Floyd Wish You Were Here. I love that song so much. Love, it reminds me of Lords of Dogtown at the end of Lords of Dogtown um, when they're skating in that Oh, hole. yeah. My God, yeah, totally. yeah, yes, right. yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh, I love this song. It just makes me think of so many different movies. Like, I, I love it, but it just is in Which so is many different that song. I mean, just the song mm-hmm. itself is like a lot. Yeah, it really is. And then I wrote like, so, uh, you know, wish you were here. I was like, and then we get this, like, you know, I love that you kind of like you're going, he's, you know, running outside and it's like, oh my God, so crazy. And then you see this like other house and then you see these stairs and then like going up the stairs. And I was thinking, okay, it's going to be Steve. Like it's going to be Steve, like upset, you know, or something or, you know, whatever. And then it's like, you get the pink Floyd shirt and then you get this person like writing, I hate on the top. And I was like, Oh my God. And then it's like Johnny rotten. And then it just ends like, and I I wrote, Oh shit. I wrote, it's about to get wild. Oh, (laughs) it is. Uh, I watched the, you know, like, like yeah, you watch the beginning of the it's like wild. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Get ready to see some insane acting. Oh, wow. I'm ex- I have, and also my other question was, so that's the end of the episode. Have you seen any of these actors? Like the, a lot of them English? Like is the guy, um, John the Lowe? guy that plays, uh, Steve Jones is actually not, he's Australian. But oh, he, okay. So I don't know if his parents are Australian or what, but he was born in the UK and lived there until he was like, like I don't know, like 10 or something. And then okay. moved to Australia. He's been in a, in like on a lot of like cool stuff like um oh, cool. he played a young michael hodges on a like film or tv series in australia oh cool um but there's this really cool film that i really want to watch that um yeah he's in it's an australian movie but yeah he i don't know if i mean i'm thinking even if you if you lived in the uk until the age of eight or ten and then you move to Australia. Like, how do you have that accent? Because that's very specific. That's a really London accent, what he has. Is it are his parents English? Maybe. I don't know, maybe. Like, I mean, that, that, that maybe is it. But, you know, if you grow up, listen to it. I, I don't know. But he's also he's just good at accents. His accents are just, just really so good. freaking good. Yeah, I was going to say, how are their accents as far as... Oh, yeah, as... amazing. Yeah, everyone is just, like, pretty spot on. Like, even Vivian, because she is northern. She's from... Uh, this place like up north like Derbyshire like it's kind of close to Manchester kind of oh okay so she has like I mean yeah it's pretty good actually cool and then who else Tallulah Riley have you I've yeah. heard her name yeah. before yeah I've seen stuff like a long time ago but I don't really not not recently I don't know what she's been on um and but Sid. yeah, I think she's a really good Vivian Westwood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she totally is. And Sid just looks 
really crazy. Like he, the yeah. guy, the pictures I've seen, yeah, I haven't oh seen him God. yet. Also, must be in the next she was in Westworld. That's why I've seen her in something. Wait, who was she in Westworld? I don't know, but she's seen. She's Lula? Seen I think. Is she the girl that's that works at the bar? That's uh, she the might girl with the big one. eyes. She might be one of the girls, or like the owner, or whatever of the bar. Maybe the owner is Tandy Newton. Okay, sorry. Oh, she is. Wait, it says Angela. Who's Angela in Westworld? Wait, is this no? Because I haven't seen season three, but no, I think she's in the uh, older seasons. That was at the first season. Angela. Okay, I'm gonna Google right now. Angela of Westworld. I need to watch the new the new season of Westworld coming out like this month, but I need to watch season three. Hmm. Oh, she is that girl. Okay, she's the girl in the very beginning of Westworld that looks like the Sharon Stone basic instinct. She has that dress oh, on. Yeah, yeah, and she's like, this is how you do Oh, that. she was like, she was in that. Doctor Who, so that's why I remember her from that too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then she's like, I think she's like a Western girl later on in Westworld. She has like a crown on, oh. and then she has like a gun, and she has like all this Western gear on oh. with Evan Rachel Wood. Um, yeah, and Westworld's so... I would love to do like just a, a little episode on like the first season of Westworld. Because I really like it. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, cool. Well, I mean, that's all I have for this first episode. I mean, we're going to go deep into it, but this is just something I wanted to kind of get people, I guess, to watch, really. Because Yeah, I hope people cool. binge it because then um, they'll be ready to listen to the, to the episode that we're doing on, like, the whole show. Yeah, I think we'll try to – maybe we'll do it in, like, two weeks – so we'll give people a chance to uh, to like watch it because it is six episodes. I mean, it is kind of a commitment if you're into it. But um, I'll put this up on Patreon now, and then maybe in like two weeks I'll put it up on the free feed. And then by the time we do the season one of the whole season or the whole series, then I'll put the the other the first one, this one up on okay. the regular yeah. feed. Yeah, so, yeah, it's gonna be I mean, really heavy on fashion and music. So yeah, yeah, it totally yeah. is. Yeah, we're probably gonna be more. I feel like we're probably going to end up taking more story, more notes on like the fashion and the music and like and maybe highlights of each yeah, other like, rather than talk about the whole thing. Maybe just like yeah. highlight my, like, you know, the coolest moments in each. Yeah. And like interesting moments that I think I didn't know. Cause some moments I know, but I kind of want to see if they change some things that I, that I thought I knew about it. So I'm excited. Yeah. Pistols world. Uh, cool. Super cool. And uh, yeah, we're doing another backtrack episode for the the main feed. So Taxi Driver is coming up this weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. with De Niro. So I'm excited for that. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing Ghost World. It's coming up. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, I like yeah, that movie. Cool it's pretty cool. Stuff. Yeah. Cool stuff. So yeah, we will see you all on the next one. Bye. Bye. Ah, <laughs> if I get the feeling you've been cheated, good night.